Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling and um, Ohana means family. Family means nobody left behind or forgotten. Yeah, so for those of you who are not watching the video version of this, uh, Dave, we are recording this in October. This is our Halloween episode. Yes, because I'm going to be gone for the next two weeks. Whoops. Oof. Uh, uh, and also probably for like upload time's sake, it's probably better that we do it early anyway. Yeah, uh, and, and David is dressed as Stitch. Uh, I do not That's have a costume because you see Eddie Guerrero stole my Halloween costume. God damn it. You know what? <laughs> I'll take it. I realize I said the Ohana thing, like family's actually like a good like accidental mm -hmm. theme for this. I didn't even think about that. Uh, but God damn it. Eddie Guerrero stole his Halloween costume. All right. That's solid. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. Cause we are back in, uh, I don't, I didn't have time to do a, to sit, do a real Halloween themed, uh, um, uh, thing today. So we are just going to continue on SmackDown at 2005. Yes. Uh, as we continue, clearly the greatest story arc ever told in WWE. Uh, excuse you. Excuse you. In all of wrestling, first of all, that's that's fair. Is is uh the the uh, the, the uh, parentage, tale. the torrid tale, the parentage of uh, Dominique Mysterio. Dominique Mysterio. Dominique, whatever. I just like I whatever, was like, you know? oh, Ray's daughter. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Imagine naming your daughter a, basically a female version of your son's name. That would be fucking sick. Because you know, like, there are those parents that do, mm -hmm. like, the every child's name starts with the same goddamn letter because we think we're cute and original. Not right, na, na, right, na, na. right. We're doing explicit variations on a theme <laughs> of, like, you're Dominic, you're Dominique, uh... I, I don't even know what other fucking like variations on those names you could come up with. You're I'm Dom. Sure. You're you're Domingo. Um, yep. You're yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you you get yeah. the idea. I think that'd be great. Right. So Dominic Mysterio, it has been revealed is not is not biologically Ray Mysterio's son because allegedly Ray Mysterio is impotent. Yeah, Rey Mysterio is impotent. Everybody laugh. Yeah, and so Eddie Guerrero had a one-night stand with one of his mamacitas, and the, the mamacita had a baby, and Eddie was like, I don't want to be a dad, thanks. And no, so was, thank you. Here, Ray, you need and want a child, so you can just have mine. Yeah, I know. It was so convenient. Eddie's mm -hmm. like, yeah, well, I fucked this bitch, but I don't want the kid. Ray can't fuck no bitches, and he wants a kid. It's free real da, estate. Da, 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 da. Square peg, square hole. Absolutely. No, it's like it's like that one fucking like TikTok where it's like, uh, the the we have the square peg here. Which square? Which which or which hole does it go in the square hole? We have the circle peg here. Which hole does it go in? The square hole and like all the blocks like fit within the same hole. It's like it's like that. It's like it's like well, this technically shouldn't fit, but here you are anyway. Yeah, yeah. So 
Uh, however, because Eddie is jealous and mad that Ray has beaten him like six times in a row, yeah, now he's like, I want the kid back. That's such a random fucking thing to do out of spite, too. Like, why the fuck do you, like, go on a slight losing streak and decide, you know what, I'm gonna, like blackmail you over the true parentage of the adopted fucking kid that i gave you like what leap of logic mm -hmm. uh so eddie apparently has more revelations tonight uh on this uh i believe is the yes the august 4th 05 episode of smackdown and so we will see how that's good how that goes more story yeah i thought we were gonna be done with the eddie story times after the last episode like he told the story but no i guess there's like more there's more to this shit what else the fuck could you possibly have to say other than uh yeah that's the, i actually you're 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 my sperm sorry about it whoop, 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 whoop. like fuck what the fuck else is there to say i'm so intrigued yeah it it's kind of weird. It's, it's the story's a little weird in that it's like really, really. This, this story's well, kind of weird. Well, I meant in the sense of like it goes out of its way for Ray to like have a child that isn't his, but also isn't that like for Eddie to have for Ray to have a child out of wedlock, but it for but for it to him to not have done anything morally iffy. Well, but that's the thing, like. You can have a child out of wedlock and not have it be morally iffy. It's just like right. The, see, it see, the reason like it, was, it, felt, it felt like it was it felt like it was setting up for something a lot skeevier than it was. Yeah, that, see, that, that's what I pointed out last time. Of like, it really felt like the way they were doing this was like, like the the big Ray Mysterio's big sin was like lying to his kid. But we don't even know the full extent of that. If it was just right. like, I'll tell you when you're older, or like Eddie originally wanted me to not tell you, or this was yeah. like part of our arrangement. Like, mm -hmm. or like maybe it is that like Ray Mysterio is a prideful asshole, but like that is his greatest sin. Like they were setting it up like this is going to be like the downfall of Ray Mysterio. And it's really like, oh yeah, Ray won the kid, and, and fuck boy Eddie over here had a spare one lying around. And they made they 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 made a deal, and just Dominic didn't know about it because Dominic's like goddamn seven years old, and like that's a yeah. weird fucking thing to tell your son, uh, right? But but yeah, it, it's it's so bizarre that that is like the one really weird thing of like man, they were really setting this up for like Ray to be some sort of like bastard, and the, mm -hmm. no, it's it's fine. Nah, it's a. It's a little poorly communicated but it's not like that big of a problem yeah no like don't obviously like don't lie to your kid but but outside of that like you know it's it's not exactly an irreconcilable issue right like we it's like it's like, it's like we want to tease moral complication but we can't actually have it get morally complicated ray, ray still ray still needs to be the good guy so Eternal he can't, baby he can't face do anything Mysterio. that bad Eternal. See, all this teaches me is that Raymond Zero truly is the eternal baby face. He is impervious from ever doing any wrong, and you don't have anything on him, you fuckers. Leave him alone. That's that's what mm -hmm. I take from this. Is he is truly the goodest boy? Very true. Uh, so other stuff going on is uh, 
JBL has got a match with Batista at SummerSlam. Hell yeah. Great. Oh, man. It's, it's going to be good. JBL is beat The Undertaker with some shenanigans. And he, he beat The Undertaker because Randy Orton interfered for reasons. Who wants to see Orton versus... who? Not Randy Orton. Who wants to see Batista versus Undertaker when you can have JBL recently re-gimmicked JBL... Well, relatively recently re-gimmicked JBL doing his wrestling god thing. Like, just two of the most, like, possible white bread guys you could have in WWE facing off. Man, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, let's see, uh, other developments worth talking about. Um, we had the debut of Jillian Hall last time. Oh yeah, the fucking with her, wart thing. D- with her weird, <laughs> disgusting wart mold thing. Yeah, totally. Fungal I don't know. Fung- <laughs> co- cookie face, face cookie it's and, a lot it, it is it's 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 not it's just kind of fucking weird guys i'm gonna level with you this whole like i love doing this arc and i love everything about its weird goofiness but to, do not let it be lost a lot of this is still really stupid bullshit it just happens mm. to be stupid bullshit that i vibe with i it's objectively not great. In this case, it's just my type of chaos. Yeah. To be clear. She is the fixer for um uh for Eminem. Who... She's like she's like, I'm gonna get you on the cover of SmackDown Illustrated or fucking whatever, and that's the maximum heights I can that that's it. That and, is as far as I can go. And Eminem, totally legit movie stars look at each other and go. Fuck yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Oh, we're we're hitting the big time now. I still don't understand why they're supposed to be famous. I know the answer is don't think about it, but it's still You're not yeah, you're not supposed to me. think about it. But at all. how why why do they have paparazzi? What have they done to to, to earn that? What is what? Who it, it doesn't matter. They are okay. just famous, and they have paparazzi following them. That yeah, is all sure. you need all right, to whatever. know. And, they, and now they have a publicist with a weird cookie wart. Amazing. Yep. Uh, the Mexicools are still hanging around, doing stuff. Yeah. Oh, they 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 did concessions last time because we love stereotypes, baby. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think there were anything. Uh, I don't think there were any other major things going on. Last I don't time. think so. No, not really. It was just kind of a bunch of random shit. I see. I'm just fucking incensed that Mexicools d- interrupted a match that was that was gonna be uh, featuring my boy Billy Riggs. Mm-hmm. William Regal is here on SmackDown. Maybe this week he'll wrestle a match. That would be sick. I somehow doubt it, but it would be great. Hey, maybe this week we'll get to see Paul London, who, if you were, I'll remind you, is the cruiserweight champion. Oh, yeah. Wait, wasn't he fucking... Wait, wasn't he Regal's opponent? Didn't he have something to do with that Mexico spot last time? I remember something about fucking Paul London there or something. Maybe? I don't know. Yeah, we we got a champion. 
he doesn't do much. <laughs> no, no. I'm sure we'll set up something for SummerSlam for the women. I'm sure it will involve them and not having clothes on. I'm sure it will involve a, a, a wrestling ring where a stripper pole should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I don't have that's, a good segue. That's all I, I got. Don't have a, I don't have a good segue for the end of this part of this uh, part of the part of the show. So it's just weird and chaotic. Have fun, everyone. Yeah. So uh, again, we were we are watching the August fourth, two thousand five episode of SmackDown. Yes. If you would like to watch along with us, uh, best way to do that is um, Peacock TV. Mm. Uh, NBC Universal streaming service. That's where all of WWE's tape library is these days. Indeed. Uh, yep. So we will be there in. We will be back in the back half to discuss some more 2005 SmackDown. Hell yeah, brother! It's gonna mm. be great. And we are back. We have just finished the August fourth, two thousand and five episode of SmackDown. Man, I you you told me Austin. That you did not have time to prepare a proper Halloween episode. I would like to dispute that fact because there is truly nothing scarier to me in wrestling television than filler. Oh, huh, you're right. It's 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 one of those things that we kind of avoid a lot on this podcast because yeah, well. I because you know, usually storylines take place over lengthy periods of time. So it's my, I, basically my job is to watch the filler so that yeah. I can tell you it's filler. And we didn't, we watch and the we can, important and we can stuff just skip on the ahead podcast. Later. Yeah. But this, this arc is a little shorter in time. And honestly, we probably could have skipped it, but I picked it because of the chapter two stuff. Well, yeah, that's fair. And but yeah, this was overall a very, Fillery episode of SmackDown. Oh my god. On the road to SummerSlam. Dude, I feel so fucking bad for this audience. They got mm -hmm. like they got three matches tonight. Two of them were, from what I can tell, pretty decent. Um but that was it. And all the rest was just like fucking promo spots. Yeah, I mean there's there's probably some dark matches before and even after the show. But okay. uh and I I will say this too, like for the pro for like some of the in ring promos that we got there, if you were a regular SmackDown viewer in two thousand five and you were invested, yeah, okay, sure. Um, mm -hmm. but still, still, woof. Yeah, this is absolutely not an episode for plot progression. I don't have a lot to say about most stuff here except the Eddie. I mean, Ray it was stuff. plot progression just for shit that I didn't care about. Well, kind of. There was like a couple plot progression things and a lot of dumb bullshit. Oh, uh, we were. I, I, I wasn't ready for the Jillian Hall villain breakdown. Villain breakdown, but we've you know, been we'll with her for a minute. week. What, what? What? Why are we getting her Joker posting this or whatever? I got. I got thoughts on that, but we'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. So we we begin and again, man. I love the insanely overwrought last week on SmackDown recap cold opener. Like mm -hmm. the, it, they, it puts a filter over some kind of dramatic filter over every shot and like adds in epic music and like sometimes does like voice filters and shit. Um, uh, so they recap the, 
what happened last time on the saga of Eddie, Ray, and Dominic. And we, we got to hear once again Dominic's Oscar-winning delivery of, Is it true, Dad? Is it really true? Uh, such a powerful uh, speech. Uh, at eight years old, he was such a fine actor. Hey, hey, you know what? Everyone these days loves to loves to hop on the the I hate Dominic Mysterio train, and I think that's cringe. I know even you have said he's a little underdeveloped, which like sure, but I I can't I can't hate a guy whose last name is Mysterio. But I will I will hop on the train of man eight year old Dominic's a shit actor. <laughs> for this kid, all right. And these. They kept bringing him in. This isn't even the last time he does stuff. They wait, really? When he pops up again too in uh, in 2010, uh, when CM Punk feuds with uh, Ray, or maybe it's 09. I think it was 09 or 2010 or sometime that period of time. Uh, CM Punk acts like a creeper, starts like to fuck with Ray, and they bring in his goddamn kids again. Oh my to do god. Bad acting. At 13 years old, Dominic has not improved. Ray, Ray, send this poor boy to a theater camp or something. <laughs> Dear God. Yeah. It's no, at least at least at least at least have him read some Stanislavski. Jesus. Of but, course. Yeah, absolutely. He's got a new theory. Olivier. Yeah, come on. Come on, man. You know, uh also you pointed this out when we were watching, because I did not notice last time we watched this, and now that you pointed it out, it's the funniest shit ever. So they show again Dominic like fleeing from the ring because he found out that Ray was not his dad. And Ray, of course, you know, runs after him. We covered this last time. Except what's really fucking funny is that so there's a very conveniently placed chair on the edge of the ring for Dominic to use as, like, a stepladder to get up and over the ring. But then the best part is fucking Ray uses that exact same chair to also jump the barricade I mean, because he I is mean, such Ray a is short king. Yeah, Ray is barely taller than Dominic. <laughs> Ray is so small. Yeah, these days, well, not anymore because Dominic's was Judgment Day, but but pre-Dominic heel turn, Ray was fucking riding on Dominic's shoulders to the ring. It's so fucking funny. Mm. Uh, so we're here, but 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 you know they they play the SmackDown opener and the 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 show opens properly. On a set that we have never seen before. Yeah, we have. This whole arc has been dominated by this is the debut of a thing. I guess I didn't realize 2005 was the most significant so year eventful. in the history yeah. of the company. Oh yeah, uh, dude, do the. Of course, it's the year that had the custody battle. Uh, the custody battle is like a nexus point of importance. You, you, like everything else. It forms around it and is all of great import. Yeah. So Ray is coming to the ring and he is here for the very first edition of the Peep, the Peep show, show, which is Christian's uh, talk show segment. Yes. Which, so named because, wow. of course, he, all his fans are his peeps. And peeps. there, are, and there are of course no other connotations to the phrase "peep show." See, I'm surprised we're pretending like that's the case, because like obviously there's connotations, and Christian's such a bastard; it feels like something he would lean into. Mm -hmm. 
but Christian introduces us all and his Christian coalition. So yeah, one, peeps, once 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 again proving that wrestling really is a religion. His peeps are also the Christian, Christian co coalition. the Christian coalition of Captain Charisma. Christian, look Sees as long everything. as they as long as they don't come to my house holding Bibles with Christian's stupid ass face on it. I'm good. That's true. I got Hello. no problems. My name is uh, well, Captain. Captain. Yeah, my name Price. is Captain Price. And I would like to share with you this most amazing, amazing book. book. Yeah, instead of elders, they're captains. Yeah, keep with the sea theme. Absolutely. But yeah, so so, uh, fucking fucking Christian starts bloviating about oh Ray. We're here to talk about what happened, and he's kind of being a prick about it. And Ray's like, "Hey, hey, you promised me Eddie. Where the fuck is Eddie?" Yeah, hey. his first. He immediately's like, "I gotta ask you the question that everyone wants to know: Who's your daddy?" And yeah, well, here's the like, thing: what? he asked that to Ray, and I feel like that's the wrong person to ask Christian. Yeah, it, I don't Ray, think it lands. Who, who Ray's daddy is is like extremely common knowledge, considering Ray's full name is. Ray Mysterio Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian recaps what happened. He's like, he says, Jerry Springer has got nothing on the peep show. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, and then he's like, and, and, and then, yeah. and then he tries, yeah, to, he like, tries to do more recap. And Ray's like, hey, hey, where the fuck I is only, Eddie? I only said I'd do this because you had promised Eddie was going to be here. So where, where is it? Let's go. And then he starts and... getting all indignant. Um, he, he's, yeah, he's, He's like, hey, fuck you. I, I, I'm I, of all the people who it's like, unlike some other people in this ring, I actually tell the truth. Uh, and he starts kind of like trying to be a talk show host here, sir. Except a heel talk show host. I mean, who, what other kinds are there? Hey, oh, yeah. All talk show hosts are evil, actually. Fun fact. But yeah, mm -hmm. so Christian kind of sucks Eddie's cock and is like, oh, the, the great Eddie Guerrero. And. Eddie's music hits, but he's nowhere to be found. And then, oh, he pops up on the Jumbotron. Yeah, on the uh, on the old Titantron. Because guess what? Pardon me. That's that's the specific WWE name for it. Because you yes, know, the Titan sure Towers. Oh yeah. Is their name of their corporate office is Titan Tower, and so ah. Titantron is sure. what we all can call it. Uh, but Eddie is shows off. He's got his storybook. He's got his reading glasses on. Yeah, Andy. Eddie's doing a whole like fucking like middle class yuppie dad shtick, and it's kind of great. It is. He he shows off his brand new t shirt to Ray. It's I'm, I'm your, your poppy. poppy. Yeah, he, he loves he loves being pop. You know, I feel like Ed, Eddie could have like dealt with all of these impulses of his in a much healthier manner by just getting into kink, like finding someone to call him Poppy and like, I think that'd be such a healthier outlet. Like again, Hey, worked for his fucking son. That's true. But I don't know if that would help Eddie here. He might be a little too far gone. Well, this is, this is true. I don't think Eddie's in the, could be in a good enough mindset to be a safe practitioner of BDSM. But look, look, I'm just, I'm just spitballing here, but yeah. So, but, but what tracks me up is that, like, so Eddie's, like, going to start reading, and the crowd's booing him, and Ray's like, ah, ah, ah fuck you, and, and he's like, oh, fine, you don't want me to read the story? Fine, I won't, I won't read the story, and the crowd 
boos him again. So the crowd boos him reading his story and then boos him when he says he's not going to read the story. And then he said, but then he's like, I'll tell you what, Ray, I promise you by the end of the night, chapter two of the, the Eddie's uncle Eddie's story time is going to be finished. And the crowd boos him again. Motherfuckers make up your minds. Do you want the story or not? We just really don't want this story, this storyline anymore. We're just like, please stop, <laughs> man. This everyone, everyone in the club, they're like, man, this got like a fucking weird. This is no. fucking weird. I I loved it. Eddie was starting to start reading. You know, once upon a time, there, there was a little boy named Dominic, and Ray's like, hey, hey, no, yeah. you get down like, here, not this and, shit again. And eventually, Eddie See, is like, the, now the best part is. The, sorry, just real quick. The best part is knowing later what chapter two is. I really, really want to know how Eddie would have narrated that. I agree. I, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get, get to, to that later. We'll cycle back to it when we get to chapter yes. two. Yes. But uh, I loved Eddie afterwards. Be like, now Ray, you're being very rude. I don't yeah. <laughs> like people who are rude. Again, middle class yuppie dad shtick. No. Uh, so where Eddie says that he is a man who keeps his promises and uh-huh. he promises that by he'll finish chapter two by the end of the show. Boo. He's got a feeling that Ray will oh, no, really, no, 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 really like it. Yeah. And okay. The face he makes when he says that. I can't imitate it. I got a, I got a feeling that you're really, really gonna like it and man i'll have whatever the fuck eddie's having because that man was on another he plane was, of existence he was going wild tonight i i want to know if i, I want to know what he was on because a oh, whole man that looked like yeah. some good shit yeah. uh and then, and then after, of course after he says that christian goes pops someone's like you'll like this too and he whacks ray in the back of the head with a microphone Hey, you watch tape? That's cute. Watch this. And yeah, just fucking bops him. Uh, yeah, hits him with the unprettier and leaves him laying in a ring. Uh, okay, also one one other quick thing I want to point out is I just kind of realized on the prop for Eddie's storybook, there's a picture of his face. But it's right. like an old picture because it's like pre-highlights in his hair and a mustache instead of a goatee. This is like an older picture of Eddie. It's a what's an old? It's a it's it's a is it a picture of what he looked like eight years ago? I don't know. Why I, they don't they don't give a good enough chi- chance to they don't give a good enough look to like see the picture. I think for me to get a look at it, but hey, it would fit the theme. It's a picture of what Eddie looked like when he gave when the story happened. Oh shit. I mean, look, I would like to believe that's the case, but also, do I think that the WWE props department went that hard on it? No. I don't yeah, even think they got a nearly near enough direction. They were just told, hey, Eddie needs a storybook. Do it, you monkeys. And that's yeah, that was right. the that was the whole conversation. They were like, okay then. Um Yeah, all right. So so yeah, so uh the more of the show upcoming gets advertised. Uh, and oh boy, there's gonna be a contract signing between batista and jay oh hey no oh, we, don't, we don't need to we don't need to get ahead of ourselves for oh, the I'm sorry. most exciting part of the show oh, uh, oh. 
we get next up we get uh jillian hall is talking directly into the camera and my no not yet no not yet they they advertise they advertise. I, I, I never write the notes for the advertising. But oh, no. I, I wrote a note because I was like, oh, boy. There's something I'm fucking excited about. A goddamn contract signing between Batista and JBL. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm real excited for that. Mm-hmm. So then we get, just, we, we get Jillian Hall talking directly to the camera. And she talks about how she has carried a burden. And that... There is a blemish on her face, and it has blemished her soul. <laughs> and oh my that God. most people would be ashamed, but she is not ashamed. And specifically, and you people, you people, you people would be ashamed. Yeah, and so she turns, she on, she moves her hair back so that you can see the wart thing. And, and she encourages the, a close-up, which again, up! my man, my 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 sister in Christ, please stop encouraging that the camera do close-ups on this horrible ass mole prosthetic. It does not; it's not blended at all. That shit's so clearly stuck to your face with just like the cheapest spirit gum they could find. Like it just. It just ruins the whole effect as if the effect had anything to ruin to begin with. I am yeah, begging like, you for the sake of this angle, stop. Yeah, she's like, she's like, does it make you uncomfortable? I'm like, yes, but not for the reason. Yeah, but not for the reasons that, that you're, that is supposed to, no. No, no, it, it makes me uncomfortable how fake this looks. And, you know, she's like, she's demanding that we in the audience look at her in the eyes, not at her wart thing. And she says she has a purpose. She is a fixer for Eminem, and that's what she's gonna do. So I got them on this, the goddamn cover of SmackDown Weekly or whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, this promo feels like it feels like her as a character. This warp crap could be sympathetic to her in a way that like that she owns the fact that like, she's not like terror. She's like, not like afraid or like shies away from the fact that she has this birth. Yeah. I will say the, the thing I had to say face. about her last week, being a confident queen was absolutely true. Yeah. She bleeds directly could, into that. And that could be a really sympathetic arc, like a uh, piece of business for her character, but she <sighs> is a heel. So, so a heel like, woman having an arc about learning that it's okay for her to like have a slight facial deformity in my WWE. No, sir. No, no, ma'am. No, so no. This, this promo feels like it's like trying to like take this element of this sympathetic element to her character and put a heel spin on it by like trashing the audience and be like and like placing herself as above the audience because she you people would be afraid to have this blemish and it makes you uncomfortable but not me what's like she do have a point though we just don't like her because she's uggo like that's mm -hmm. that's it that that's the whole that's the whole character Hey, she she is unlikable because she uggo is she, the gimmick. This this bitch has the audacity to not be a ten in your presence. <laughs> Fuck, 
Shame her. Destroy her. Shame her. Draw and quarter her in the streets. Yeah, it's it is a bit of a weird way. To, I if it were me, I would just not remark on this at all for the time that she's supposed to be a heel manager, and we can circle back to it when she turns babyface. But turns no, babyface. Yeah, sort oh. of. Well, she gets away from them anyway, from Eminem at some point. Well, I don't to know. be fair, Eminem kind of gets away from Eminem at some point. So yeah. So I don't know. It feels like the kind of it feels like it feels like it. I don't. I don't know. It feels weird to like frame her like self empowerment in this way, as like Joker posting. Yeah, it's a little fucking bizarre. Right, and it's 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 a character we've known for a week, and I can't imagine that people were that crazy about this character to begin with. So. I do. I do have to say, at the very 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 least and this is the most backhanded compliment i can manage however i do appreciate that wwe had her making uh, make a my eyes are up here joke about like her mole while also having like noticeable cleavage so like yeah kudos that they like and like she didn't do it like huh my eyes are up here like she's like she was like look me in the fucking face and i'm like i kind of looked down i'm like man, you can kind of, like, see your boobs, and they're not lampshading that. It took a dumb fucking mole angle, but there is one woman on this roster where the company is not solely fixated on her tits. Congratulations. That's nice. nice. This is fine. (laughs) And as she she ends the promo, she, like, we do, like, a follow. We follow her in the shot as she walks down the hallway to the ring. Yeah, we start doing Darby. a tracking shot. It's like, what the fuck? Why is this it's, still going? Well, it's because she has to walk past Charmel yes. and Booker T, and then Booker T hits his line. Tell me I did not just see that. Yeah, and like, except, except it's uh, about the mole. Yeah, I, I'd like to believe that it's uh, about her like weirdly Joker posting, but it's it's probably just about the mole. No, it's it's just Booker's the mole. just offended that he had to look at the mole. Oh my god. Yep. Yeah. All right. The first match of the show: Eminem versus Booker T and Chris Benoit. And uh, if you thought they were that commentary was done fixating on the mole, well. yeah, literally, literally, Taz still can't shut the fuck up about the mole. Okay. All right. Also, so as they're walking first... out, something I noticed. Wait, so, sorry. Something I noticed real quick. So, like, they have on the ring apron. On parts of the ring apron, they have WWE.com boldly advertised. And two things here. First of all, I noticed, maybe I'm crazy, but as far as I could see, at least in like these this early match, the ring apron looks like a little too long and like cuts off the, the bottom of the letters for WWE.com, which just is funny. Like, gets guys, what do you do? But also... Imagine, I I love how 2005 it is for you to just be, like, fucking advertising your website on your ring apron. Hey, guys, did you know that WWE.com exists? Well, now you do. With a parent's permission. (laughs) Please get parent's permission before logging on. It's here for the it's here for the boomers and for the tiny children. It's like, fuck, it's dumb. Uh, also, also shout out to before the match starts. I don't even, I missed most of the context for this quote, 
But I, I did catch a, ty- a, a, a a snippet of an exchange between Cole and Taz. That one with Cole saying, what the hell are you talking about? And Taz just says, I have no idea. And I'm like, boom, that's the dynamic. That's the whole dynamic uh, right there. I... You know, I I have some thought ideas about what that could be about, but I I, I have done the play by play of this enter the Eminem entrance. Please, where okay, Cole brings up Jillian Hall, and he talk calls her a fixer, and he and uh, and he says maybe she should fix her face. To which I wrote, thanks, mm-hmm. Cole, Amazing. and then. Taz is like, well, you know, she doesn't have to fix the greatest entry entrance in the history of the of the business. Talking about Melina, because as a reminder to those who don't know, Melina's entrance is her doing a split and showing her ass yeah. on the apron. M- M- so M- of course, Austin, I think you could just truncate that to saying Melina's entrance is ass, and it would communicate the exact same thing. So Taz, of course, like this is the greatest entrance in the whole in the history of wrestling. Because, God forbid, we have we we don't have a heel commentator that that just relentlessly horny posts. Right. So this is what I assume is the part of Cole of him not knowing what him being like. What are you talking about? This or one of two points that Taz. Actually, I think it's the next thing. So Taz talking about the fucking mole again. He suggests that Can't he's like, I think there's some light brown pus in there because it looks darker. It, w- it looks like it was darker last week. And then when Booker T comes out and, you know, Booker T has these big like fire shooting pyro when he comes out and Taz is like, hey, you know, you see Booker T's got all that fire down there. Maybe we can use that to burn off the mole. Mm-hmm. And he goes on a long rambling explanation about how you could do that kind of thing as a as a medical uh tech like as a medical process. And mm. that is probably when Cole was like, What are you talking about? The fuck are you saying? Je- Stop it. Jesse, what the fuck are you on about? Yeah. Jesse, what the fuck what? are you talking about? Yeah. Abs- that's literally the whole dynamic here. Also, he he likens it to a pepperoni, which okay. Last week. I could Stop thinking it about food. I could kind of see the chocolate chip cookie thing, but 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 a a pepperoni Tasmaniac? Ah yes, her her mole is like a fine slice of my mama's blueberry pie. <laughs> he has another food analogy that I wrote. Yeah, down. like one right after that. I didn't even fucking catch it. I'm too. I'm too busy reeling from the fact that he called the mole a fucking pepperoni, boopity mm-hmm. boppity. Jesus Christ! All right. So I mean, the match is whatever. It's 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 all the matches on this episode. None of the matches on this episode were like bad. Well, one kind of was, but none of them were also so stand out that I have any particular notes about them. And my frame rate was ass. The other scary thing about tonight is that I I had Night of the Living frame rate up in here as as I <laughs> saw the for the entire thing like one picture every five seconds. Looking like me trying to uh, pirate WWE in 2015. Hey oh, hey, except except for the one it 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 managed to hit perfectly for the whole women's match. Me for the yeah, this is 
this this sound that sounds like my experience my experience when um the roommates didn't like me watching wrestling so i had to go i went down in the fucking uh basement of the build, yeah, of, of my dorm building to try to watch raw live and it's like oh god piracy the internet's not good down there in the basement I'll oh you no know. But it, but it hit for the women's match, and, you know, I'm not a religious man, but as a proof of God, that one's all right. Anyway. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. Booker uh, you know, and Benoit have the early control of the match because mm-hmm. they are They're good Booker wrestlers, and so, you know. Right, so that's that. Uh, I wrote, Cole is now taken to completely ignoring Taz's comments about Jillian Hall. Because Taz did a lot of long rambling about it, and Cole had no response to any of it. He Cole Taz goes on this entire long rant about like different ointments that you could that he could they could potentially put on this fucking mole. And Cole's and Cole's response to the entire bit of it at the end is like, "Ah, maybe. Cole is just checked the fuck out at this point. He's like, I don't know what the hell Taz is saying. I don't really care. I'm just going to like kind of nod my head and hope he shuts up eventually. Like last week, he was all indignant that Taz wouldn't shut the fuck up. Okay, well, Cole he was trying to be indignant, to... but he just couldn't stop fucking laughing. So and this week, this, Cole's this week. just like... It's like whatever, man. Michael Cole out of kayfabe was like, all right, the way, I, the, the way that I don't laugh is I, I just... I just don't, ignore him. I just don't even remark upon it. I just don't listen to the words that he's saying, and I'll just mm. interject when I can. Amazing. But Eminem yeah. him does, does some cheaty cheating to kind of get cheaty, back into the match. And it's at this point, Taz calls the mole a big piece of expired crump cake. What? I missed that entirely. He was a little quiet when he said that one yeah i was like the f- i have to write this down because the fuck oh yes this mole it's 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 like when you have when you have an ice cream and and the ice cream melts but then you then you put it back in the freezer again and it refreezes and then and then you eat it and it's in your mouth with the cone and you open your mouth and that yeah, that's the mole that's that's literally taz is just like i think taz is just doing mad libs to describe this mole yeah okay? and then and to think we have like up to two more times of having to hear this about mole of how taz i want to know i want to know if taz like tested this material on young hook like do you think, <laughs> like, hey, buddy, help me come up. The, uh, I got to commentate on this really fucking ugly mole prosthetic for a new for a new character. What, like, <clears throat> you kids are good at, like, playground insults. What should I call it? And, like, it, Embryo Taz is, like, a cookie. And Taz is, like, oh, yeah, that's good shit. I'm going to write that that's down. That's good, that's good. And you can, you can, you can bet your ass. That Vince McMahon was in the gorilla position backstage, laughing his ass off at this entire thing. Oh, abso- absolutely! <laughs> a piece of crump cake. A piece of crump cake. Oh, that's, that's a good, good one. Shit. That's, oh, that's that's why I pay him the big bucks on commentary. <laughs> call him a call it a, call it a call it like a pepperoni. Oh, <laughs> he's feeding Taz jokes. <laughs> he's, Taz is in here. 
Taz is wearing an earpiece that is set to like self-destruct if he doesn't like repeat the shitty jokes that Vince is, is feeding him. And Vince is back there being like, I haven't heard anything this damn funny since since fucking Pat said said that that we should give her a hand to, to <laughs> that was become when May Young gave birth. This is the funniest thing since Lord Alfred Hayes puked up Hulk Hogan's <laughs> protein shake. <laughs> so, since we bought out a whole, a whole ass wedding hall just to have a fake reception that ended in the world's most lethargic food fight. <laughs> that was the good old days. I am a comedy god. Oh, that was the good old days when I when, I, when my, I booked when I when me and Pat booked the shows by the pool and and snorted cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> now we now we gotta do, book them in in hotel rooms smoking crack instead. What a downgrade! <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the mighty fall. <laughs> so, uh, hey, hey, audience, can you tell how much we didn't give a shit about this match? Yeah, all right. I, all right, whatever. Um, The match ends where Booker, Booker T does a hot tag. Benoit throws Johnny Nitro out of the ring and gets in the, in the cross face, and Nitro's tapping, but of course it doesn't matter. Booker T hits the spin a Rooney. He sets up for the axe kick. Melina grabs his foot. Charmel runs around, chases after Melina on the outside and chases her into the ring. Jillian Hall comes in and spear tackles Charmel. And then while Booker T is like, hey, she's making sure his wife is all right, Joey Mercury rolls up Booker T and grabs the ropes for leverage and pins Booker T for the win. Oh my God. Uh, yeah wow wow oh my god that that was a match after, after they spend the entire match talking about how the winner of this match surely will be in position to challenge the the legion of doom for the tag titles shockingly the team that is already feuding with the legion of doom and are the heels won the match yeah wow no way uh, against Against Booker and Benoit. Okay, whatever. There's that's two former world champions beaten by Eminem. That's that's just embarrassing. That's just humiliating. Yeah, and Vince, uh, and and Vince is just like ah, ah pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> that mole is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no the. Everyone's like, hey, Vince, what the fuck is up with this booking decision? <laughs> Pepperoni. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Good jobs. <laughs> anyway. All right, we get, we get another raw rebound of the ongoing story of Eric Bischoff hates John Cena. I was kind of hoping we get raw rebounds of the Hogan, Shawn Michaels stuff, to be honest, but because that's way more fun. And but we got I a whole not. ass thing. We got a whole ass thing. 
Yeah, basically, Carlito is gonna face is facing Cena for the WWE title. Jericho is the special referee. Eric Bischoff is like, whatever you do, screw Cena out of the title. And Cena, LOL, wins, overcomes the odds. Fuck you, Cena keeps the title. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, we just got. Why are they showing that again? Like, oh yeah, Cena Jericho at SummerSlam, I guess. Oh my God, the full ass Raw recaps. Holy shit. Yeah. So then we cut to Christian is walking down the halls and Teddy Long comes and stops and is like and talks to him about uh about the peep show. And Christian is like, Yeah, that was great, that was great. And he's and Christian proceeds to say is hey, you can't have entertainment without charisma. And I'm Captain Charisma. That's why I'm the main event. And Teddy Long is like, hmm, yes, yeah, the main event play. I like the sound of that. So tonight you're gonna go in the main event. You're going to go one-on-one with Rey Mysterio. Teddy Long like, Wait! dealing out that fucking poetic justice, baby. As oh, what a king. Doing, but we have another instance of main events being made in the middle of the show. What was the main event of this show going to be if Christian didn't attack Rey Mysterio at the beginning of the show? I don't... Because they had no wrestling on this show, Austin. Was the main event going to be LOD versus the Jobbers? I surely hope so. What a fucking way to send the audience home. The Mexicals were going to have a match, and Paul London was going to be there too. But, uh, you know, Christian attacked Rey Mysterio, so, well, they're getting cut. I I really don't want to, like, make a running gag on our show out of, like, beating a dead horse like this. But, like, man... It's so like brain bashing to think about every single fucking time we're 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 in the WWE era where they would just do this shit. How is this supposed to work? What did you have planned for your audience? Why are you making people pay prime like seat fare to to, to watch a show that's not even fully booked? You absolute based on, based on, carnies. Based on the way it was advertised, I would assume the main event was actually going to be the contract signing. That yeah, you know, position. yeah, that's probably kind of accurate. Like, just, just, why not? We got, there are two biggest stars, and who cares if they're not going to wrestle? You know what audiences love? Fucking contract signings. That's what wrestling fans like. Not action. Not, not, not excitement. Legally. Contracts. Absolutely. Uh, that's what I love. That's why I I get actively angry every time I watch wrestling, and there's not there there ain't contracts. I need I need more contracts in my wrestling. Thank you very much. But yeah, so so the match is booked. Poetic justice from Teddy Long. What a king! Okay. Even if he's being if, even if he's not good at booking his show, just like all the other clowns yeah. who run this shit. We um, got then we get a law a a re, a lengthy recap of JBL versus the Undertaker because from last week because it is time for the contract signing. Okay, the time I felt like the timing of this was kind of weird in a funny way. So out comes Teddy Long with the contract that of course has in huge big ass print, letterhead. Huge letterhead of the logo for SummerSlam and in very big font. It has Batista versus JBL on it so that everyone can know exactly what this contract is for. And then we quick cut 
to Josh Matthews running back in the hallway to accost Randy Orton Mm -hmm. and ask him about jumping the undertaker last week. And Orton is like, I didn't jump the undertaker. I just gave him back what taker did to me. And I thought I might have to explain some backstory here, but they explain later. later. Yes. Yeah. And then he's going to make his intentions clear to the undertaker tonight. Okay. Okay. Whatever dude. But so then we cut back to the ring and Teddy introduces JBL and Batista. Um, as JBL comes down to the ring, there was a funny exchange where Taz, trying to uh, give some backstory on JBL, calls him an implant of New York, not which, of course, he meant transplant. Well, yeah, and then Michael Cole brings that up, and Taz's like, I don't, I don't fucking care for all I care. I could have said eggplant. So, yeah, and then and then Cole pipes you know, in with with the last word. Is like, are you are you saying JBL has implants? You know. I, I've just come to the conclusion Taz shouldn't do this show while he's hungry. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Taz has a lot of food commentary. Yeah, so, so Taz can't tell Taz can't tell the difference between transplants, implants, and eggplants. Okay, cool. Yep. They're all pl- I mean they're all plants. They're all pl- they're all plants. <laughs> this is right there in the word. This is uh, come on, people. This isn't rocket science here. It's just yeah. etymology. It has plant in the word. Of course. Absolutely. Uh so then Batista comes down to the ring and he like fucks with JBL's like he has like JBL has like the bullhorns on the front of his car. Mm-hmm. And and Batista fucks with him and breaks off one of the horns off the limo. Oh yeah. And, and, oh, JBL gets big mad. Oh, he's so pissed about this. He's so fucking mad, dude. It was great. Yeah, Batista snaps snaps off the the horns, gets in the ring, and... Batista's response to this is is JBL is complaining about this, and Batista's response, if you try anything with me, you'll be pulling your horn from your ass. Well, first he, like, the Nero post, he's like, are you talking to me? Are you, you talking, talking to me? To me? Well, there's no one else here, so you must be talking to me. Uh, you know, yeah. it's funny. That, it's funny that you mentioned that because, and I also and I thought of this while I was watching. When he also was like, "You talking to me?" Yeah. Is um, dur- is during WrestleMania 21 was uh, in LA, and so in, in the build up to that, they did a they had a bunch they had a bunch of commercials where like wrestlers recreated famous scenes from movies. And one of those scenes was a bunch of wrestlers doing the you talking to me, De Niro thing. And the joke, the best joke was Batista couldn't remember the line. And so whenever they they, they would be like, hey, you talking to me? And he would be like, yes, I'm asking you what the line is. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, they did who's on first with Batista doing a taxi driver homage? What the fuck? You know, there's a so lot of good is- ones. There's a lot. You should absolutely look up some. There are a lot of good ones. There's like Steve Austin does uh, the Gladiator. Like, are you not entertained? Uh, Triple H does the scene from Braveheart. Uh, Eddie and Booker T do a scene from. Um, I am blanking. The movie with. Uh, oh my! The Tar- Tarantino's biggest hit. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Pulp Fiction. 
Pulp Fiction, yes, I can't believe I blanked on that. But like Eddie and and Booker do a scene, do the briefcase scene from Pulp Fiction. Oh my god, uh, it was hilarious. There were a lot. There were a lot of really good ones. Man, that that's uh, that's like it sounds. That sounds like it deserves to go on a copy of Bodies, Bods, and Body Slams. Absolutely. If they did another uh, bleeper, uh, bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, they God damn, you almost did it. Every time I I say. The best Blue, part is bleepers instead back, of bloopers. I, I I went back and listened to the uh, oh fuck well whatever whatever episode we did prior to to bloopers bleeps and body slams, uh, and in in the episode before where you talked about it, you called it bleepers bloops and body slams. God damn it! In my mind, <laughs> you're like next time. <laughs> bleepers makes more sense to me than bloopers. Clearly. Bleep, obviously. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it fucking but. <laughs> What were we talking about? Um, we were, I was uh, talking about that it was funny that Batista was like, yeah, you talking yeah, to me? Yeah. So what I'm getting is that Batista finally got the line down. He got really excited. So he's like, I'm going to use that in my next promo. I got I to gotta rem- I I gotta, remember I, that the line was I will vindicate myself. Yeah. So, so Batista's like, are you talking to me? Then he says he'll shove the horn up JBL's ass. And... Uh, and then say the line, JBL, I'm a wrestling god. Yay! Yeah, he basically, he basically, like, once we actually get the proceedings started, JBL basically goes scoreboard. And <laughs> <laughs> scoreboard! Basically scoreboard. called scoreboard. Because he, he brings up these 1-0 against Batista, and he, beat, and he promised that he would beat him at Great American Bash, and JBL keeps his promises. And, and at hey, SummerSlam... Like Batista will bow at the feet of the wrestling god. And I wrote, Batista meets that with smug indifference. Absolutely. That's what I wrote that. Um, but Batista questions I, I, I feel like so, I feel like Batista's whole character is smug indifference, to I be mean, fair. I mean, that is a lot. Like, 2000's w, top WWE babyface is smug indifference. Cena mastered it, too. Man, so it's man. It's clearly what they want their top babyface so to be cool. like. It's you're so edgy. Um, also, I just, I just got a sidetrack. Fucking, fu- it was a nail biter, but fucking Bills pulled out against Chiefs 24-20. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, brother. Speaking anyway. of scoreboard. Score, uh, yes. but- yeah, that's, a, you, that's the most word. You said scoreboard. I was like, scoreboard. Score- oh, shit. What's the score? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Batista decides to, like, get at the heart of, of JBL's core Batista belief Batista starts and starts... But, but Batista starts playing like a master theologian and is like, what makes you a god exactly? I'm like, whoa! The, the JBL theology starts being brought into question. Right. He questions basically like, is it because of how you won and defended your WWE title? Because you took the easy way out for that every single time. To yeah, and JBL then JBL was, says, work smarter, not smart harder. Way. Yeah, work smarter, not harder, lads. Which, but he's like, you know, yeah, fair sure, enough. whatever. Uh, but he's like, yeah, okay. And he says that he that JBL is not a wrestling god. He's a wrestling fraud. Uh, oh, say, say, say the line, Batista. You're a wrestling fraud. Yay! Yay! And yeah. JBL, he, he's like, this is the World Heavyweight Championship, and you got to earn that around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Batista quoting, like, like classic movies, Batista's also clearly a fan of fucking Save it Private, Saving Private Ryan as he goes, earn this. <laughs> uh, 
But after after I guess it I guess it's time we've had an I guess there's been enough talk. It's time to sign for the, the contract. For the signing contract. That's how it goes. They both sit down and they and they start to sign. Uh Batista gets it first and he like takes a minute to I guess read over the contract. But JBL decides to try to condescend him and is like, Yes, it starts with a B and then an A. Yeah, but so so JBL thinks there. Batista's literate. Amazing. So Batista, he signs. I wrote Batista is distinctly not reading this contract. He's just kind oh, of he's, he's, like, he's just, just flipping again, smug indifference. So he signs the contract and he hands it over to JBL. And JBL, there is probably too long of a pause on this, but like JBL like looks at it and is just kind of like confused for a while. Yeah. And then he starts laughing and he explains. He calls Batista, are you a are you smug? He literally calls out the smug indifference. But he explains that there is a line in this contract for what the stipulation of the match would be will be. And Batista left it blank. And Batista explains that he will let JBL decide so that JBL will not have any excuses when Batista whoops his ass. Yeah. Oh yeah, Batista again. Smug indifference is like is like I'm not letting you pull your bullshit. With, JBL, uh, you magnificent bastard! I read your book. Read your book. Uh, but I wrote JBL. <laughs> I, I, okay, I'm sorry. I I I've now just determined I need to make a running gag out of Batista's secret cinephile. That's that's gonna be my thing for him going forward because he's don't got a fucking personality of which to speak outside of that. So that I, that that's what I'm going with. That checks out. So then Batista, he, uh, JBL gets in a little smart remark here that was really quick, but I wrote it down because I thought it was actually, I actually kind of liked it. He's like, million dollar brain with a nick, <clears throat> with a million dollar body with a nickel brain, hell of an elevator that goes nowhere. <laughs> uh, JBL starts listing off matches he could make this match. And listen, and I think honestly, People do not take good enough advantage of I get to choose the stipulation. So well, he, he considered just, if some it was bullshit. me, if it was me, I would simply write, I automatically win. That is <laughs> yes. the stipulation is, of the match. That is the stipulation. The ma- I have to step into the ring and I win. Well, see, JBL's mind went is... somewhere completely different. Because at one point he lists out as a possible match type, I run Batista over with my car. <laughs> That's a legal a match where that's a legal idea. Yeah. Uh, but I think he should have written only people named JBL can win match. <laughs> ah, ah, you can <laughs> the ref's not allowed to count your pins if your name isn't JBL. To which to which Batista replies, Well shit, I guess it's time to get a legal name change. <laughs> yeah, go well. Uh, he lists false kind anywhere, no DQ. He does a couple of times suggest maybe I'll make it so I can legally hit you with my car. And but then he decides that it will be a no holds barred match. And you know what? As much as I'm bitching about the white bread of this, ah, that'll be actually a pretty sick match, I think. Yeah, and then they just leave. I was like, no table. Yeah, there's no table. I thought for sure we got two of the biggest dumbest beefiest boys here and i was like what oh was they're, Orlando, they're... what was orlando jordan there for if not for someone for, for batista to put to a table i was like oh they're gonna do some fighting and just no they leave i i where the fuck is bailey when you need her to be like hey 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 that's not how this shit works get back in here 
which sidebar i still cannot watch any contract signing without like without remembering bailey lampshading the entire fucking trope and it was great but it's anyway been great. it's been great in the last like 10 years that, that they that it's been understood that the tropes about contract signings and so now we can now everyone lampshades it absolutely well you have to think in kayfabe that's probably that's probably why they get booked for in ring spots because the booker knows they know that these guys will probably down. start fighting yeah exactly so we like do this in the back like we do 99 percent of other matches or we could give them an excuse to talk shit at each other and start fighting we could squeeze some entertainment value yeah i mean it does make sense in kayfabe to be mm -hmm. fair but but anyway but yeah so so they leave and no table smashing to to be seen um yeah. uh we we cut to a backstage segment where animals you know like still continuing to initiate Heidenreich into road warriors yeah he's he's applying he's in front of the he's in front of the he's applying his face paint he's in front of the mirror and Heidenreich comes he's like man i really love my new haircut i'm feeling it i'm mm -hmm. feeling it animals like if you're feeling it then show it and he slides him the makeup as yeah the end of the scene uh and then we get more shit for we get a we get a uh, an advertisement for the card for SummerSlam and oh man Michaels V Hogan is coming baby yep uh even though we are definitely going to watch that match if I can if I if we yes! can even though the we have the battle of the backstage politickers mostly because I can't see a reason on the show to do 2000 I don't think the storyline is good enough for me to want to make it a whole arc on the show but like we can't do SummerSlam 05 without doing Michaels v. Hogan. It's the match from the show. Uh, I made a note of, hey, it's the other Seether song I know, Remedy. Because Remedy by Seether is the official song of SummerSlam. It's so wild to me how they had official songs for their pay-per-views. Like, that's still, they so still random. Do. That's they so random. Do. The best of all time, in my opinion, of course, is, of course, uh, in SummerSlam 2015, where the song of the pay-per-view was Cool for the Summer by Demi Lovato. Uh, of which, course. Of course, which, of course, the best part of this is that they, you, is that, um... The Undertaker did a promo running down the car of SummerSlam, and they played the song over him taught his promo. So... That's amazing. Phenomenal. I need, I desperately need to see Mark Calloway jamming out at a Demi Lovato concert. I yeah. don't, man, man, the, this whole business with the pronouns confuses me. But man, are her jams sick. Yeah. Holy fuck is a good album. <laughs> I think if the I think if you heard the Undertaker say that, I think you would just liquidate on the spot. <laughs> you a little bit. I don't think you'd be able to existentially survive that. I I Maybe would know how to handle it, really. Yeah. Maybe it's for the best. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to really. I'd be like, "What did you just say?" What? I, excuse Excuse me, huh? Mark. Sir, sir, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, I love our dumb fuck mansions. So, anyway, the next the next match is LOD versus some jobbers. Which is now okay. Heidenreich Reich is now wearing face paint. Love okay. I 
that face paint segment was a pre-tape. There's no way it was a lie. Yeah. Of because course it was. No, yeah. no, 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 no. There's a specific reason I realized this. Because as someone who has tried to emulate wrestler makeup in the past, no fucking way Heidenreich got that makeup to look that good that fast, even if there was a commercial break thrown in. I refuse to believe that motherfucking Heidenreich is better at makeup than I am. I refuse to. Because if I actually entertain that idea, I think I'll just, I think I'll just become sad forever. That's fair. So I made it, I managed to catch the names of their jobbers so I could make fun of how bad and generic they are. Josh Davis and Damian Adams. Hey man, we heard you liked first names. What if we gave you four of them? Uh, Taz is. I wrote Taz is. Set and that, and, that, and, that, and that's your weekly. That's that's your weekly job of burn, folks. Yeah, so Taz's sex is about the makeup because Cole calls it makeup, and Taz's like, no, it's face paint. It's not makeup. Okay. Girls wear makeup. I was about and, to like write a whole like you know hashtag squad W note about how sexist that was of Taz to say, and then I stopped and I thought about it for a second, and I I thought, why not turn these lemons into lemonade because Taz gave me a brilliant idea of like, what if we created a psyop where we, we mainstreamed dudes wearing makeup by calling it like face paint. What if we like tricked dudes the world over, especially like in like Western countries where like ideas of masculinity are fucking weird and would like, Hey, you know what the like hot new trend is? face paint just casually wear face paint and you go out and it's just a way to get dudes to wear like fucking like foundation concealer a little a little little bit of eyeliner you know just to really make their features pop like the world would be so much better off i think so i would like to thank taz and his dumb misogyny to to for for this brilliant idea of how we can finally get dudes to like stop looking like such fucking schlubs out there and wear some goddamn makeup in public, you coward. Well, your your first your first convert will be Michael Cole because Michael Cole actually jumps in. There's like, well, I wear like, makeup. I wear makeup. I think Taz I'm is probably right wearing now. makeup too. They have to for the broadcast. Anyway, the LOD win for the with the doomsday wow no way who fucking cares they they defeated Uh, the power of four first names holy shit i'm seeing double four first double four first names oh god i love that bit all right we get a subway recap of the opening segment great hey jared sponsors seeing us seeing ram stereo get beat up by christian cage again that yeah sure i mean he's an asshole so that's hands and then hey is it what you say? It's Randy Orton coming out in a suit. Oh, yeah. And Randy Orton is cutting a promo, and I wrote, he just bitches about Undertaker beating him at WrestleMania 21. That is what he's talking about when he was like, I'm just giving back what Undertaker gave to me. Is because at WrestleMania 21, earlier that year in 2005, Randy Orton faced the Undertaker to try to break the streak, and Orton failed. Dude, fucking... Fucking Orton uh, assaulting Undertaker last week just because he's salty about the streak is so fucking funny. 
Like, oh my god. Like, join the- get in- get in goddamn line, you dweeb. Everybody's salty about the streak. That's the point. You're not special. But yeah, so he tries to call out Undertaker, and the Undertaker he music played, hits, he, and, and well, we got, I got- we, I got the whole promo down here. Oh, okay, par- pardon me. Is because he- Randy Orton, he blames fate for intervening and stopping him from winning when he was supposed to win. I don't see how that works out at all. I- and, well, especially because fate, fate's not something you can- you can challenge to a wrestling match, so you're pretty much impotent saying that shit anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's- fate isn't God. You can't challenge fate to a match. God, uh, uh, but Randy Orton decides for some reason, Randy Orton believes that on SmackDown fate could not possibly intervene to fuck him again. If this is what he believes happened here, Randy uh, Orton clearly but, doesn't understand how fate is supposed to work. No, nah, but he says fate can't stop him from getting what he needs. And what he needs is to beat the undertaker. And he talks about how the undertaker has been here for 15 years. He's done it all. Blah, blah, blah. But Randy Orton is the legend killer. And all of the Undertaker's victims are have been great, great men, great wrestlers, but all of Randy's victims have been legends. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, okay, dude. As it as was, if the Undertaker that was, that, that was the gimmick is that uh, Randy Orton would be would be called the Legend Killer and he beat the shit out of old dudes. <laughs> Yeah, first of all, be, beating, saying like, I, you know what I'm good at? Beating up old men is weird flex, but okay. Second of all, what, fucking hilarious of you to insinuate that like Mark Calloway in his longer, more prestigious career has not fought as high profile as you have. Sure. When when the when Undertaker beat St- Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and mankind and Kane. Nah, those weren't legends. That ain't shit. That ain't shit. And so uh, the undertaker took away Randy's chance at immortality. This is a funny thing to hear in 2022 where Randy's, uh, uh, status is one of the greatest of all time is very well secure. Yeah. This is a funny thing to hear Randy complaining about in 2005. Nobody cares about me. I lost one match at WrestleMania. I will never I'm be an all timer now. I'm fading into irrelevance. Get good, yeah. bitch. And he did. Yeah, and so he took away Taker's chance at, at the world title. And he hates The Undertaker. And he spits in the face of his legacy. And Randy talks about how his legacy, all the legends he beat, and how he became the youngest world champion ever which is true this is true. Uh, they fair enough and then he ben randy orton will not rest until the undertaker joins the long list of legends he's beaten and so randy orton wants a match at SummerSlam, and he demands an answer from the undertaker right now and he's like, Undertaker, I know you're there. I know you're blah, 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 blah. And Undertaker's music hits. And Austin and I, like, strapped in for the full ass, like, five minutes because I, I needed more filler in my filler. But to, to the show's credit, we just get Undertaker's voice going, Oh, you think you're the best? Well, guess what, bitch? I'm the best. And I wrote down on- the whole promo because it's, like, two lines. It's two sentences. Okay. Oh, fair uh, enough. 
But like, at first, I made note of RKO pops up on the screen ominously. Ominously, <laughs> like, it's just... like it's like it's the usual Undertaker spooky imagery video bit, and then they super and they put like RKO in the middle of in the in the middle of it. But like, then... spooky, and uh... Undertaker's voice is over. Randy Orton, you want a legacy at SummerSlam? You will rest in peace. And RKO slowly turns into R.I.P. Ah, it's so spooky. Oh, what a Halloween Randy, episode. Randy, Randy feels Randy acts all like kind of freaked out by this. Mm. He's Randy Orton is bait is freaked out by basic by basic uh PowerPoint. Yeah, I know. Randy Orton is so, hey man, he spends he spends all of his time fucking in the gym training, okay? He doesn't have time to learn Microsoft PowerPoint. So there we Undertaker, go. That... On the other hand, he's a yeah. he is he Undertaker is a respectable businessman who owns a funeral home and so has to give presentation to his financial backers. He knows everything about PowerPoint and how mm. spooky it is. The dark. Let me show you my dark magic of Microsoft PowerPoint. Of my my dark magic transition animation. Oh, and all the investors go, oh, (laughs) and then their eyes start bleeding. Anyway. Yeah, all right. Speaking of spooky, another fucking boogeyman promo. We got more boogeyman. They're doing this shit every week. They are just putting all of their stock into advertising the goddamn boogeyman. It's like, why? You already got one spooky. You already got one spooky man, though. Why do you need another? And why do you need to advertise him every fucking week? Well, we need spooky guys so that the Undertaker has more spooky guys to eventually fight in a spooky guy v spooky guy fight. Why do we need spooky guy v spooky guy? Because they like doing spooky guy v spooky guy. It's basically why Undertaker beat Bray Wyatt's ass for like three years straight. Is spooky guy v spooky guy. There can only be one. Anyway, uh, I, I swear to God, these fucking Spooky Man promo like advertisements too, they get longer every time. The narration, I swear to God, just gets longer, and it just reads like it continues to just read like parody. Oh my God, this is such a joke. It would have been so much funnier if it were a fucking like a bait and switch comedy character. Please, I hate that we're not going to get what look at what see the fucking boogeyman after all i don't hate that i'm in fact very grateful for that we're gonna i'm gonna have to plan out something next year's halloween episode we can specifically do the boogeyman do the boogeyman it's either that or a really bad halloween havoc i have a year to figure this out Oh, hey, the, the Halloween Havoc that I just watched a video on from Wrestling with Gret talking about fucking Dark Sting or whatever. Dark Scorpion. Oh, there are so many bad Halloween Havocs. Wait, Halloween there are more ha- than one bad Halloween Havoc? Halloween Havoc was where WCW put all their shitty, corny wrestling ideas all in the same night. Dude, can't we just watch the episode of AEW where Hangman Page popped out of the Stay Puff suit? You see, that's an idea. 
and I would think about that. But also, I want to do a bad Halloween. But also, habit. fuck, fuck David. Yeah. Oh, geez. I mean, okay. In so many words. I'm not gonna say in so many words, but you know. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> Back to our our, our ske- regularly scheduled broadcast of the evening. Uh, Eddie Guerrero uh, is in the parking lot directing a limo pulling up. And out pops a mysterious woman uh, who they will call that woman most of the night. This is all it's, he's in my yeah, notes. I, I, I started getting hyped because in my notes I'm immediately putting, oh shit, Mama Sita on site? Which is, which is impressive because that's exactly what they wanted you to think. Yeah. Uh, so congrats. You, you reacted the exact way they wanted you to. Look, we'll get there, all right? Yeah, so Eddie, but Eddie's all like flirty with her, and he's like, without her, there'd be no chapter two. And she's like, can we get out of here? Can we go? I mean, it sure is hot in this arena. And he's like, oh, it's about to get a lot hotter. Yeah, again, Eddie's zooted out of his mind. He is. So we get to our main event of the evening, all three, all the third whole match we've had today, Rey Mysterio versus Christian. Uh, I wrote Teddy Long says, fuck your main event. I care more about chapter two because yeah, yeah, chapter two it's, it's not even a main this. event. Not truly. Teddy Real Long, Teddy Long is here for the tea. Teddy Long is. is sippy, sippy boy. He is. So, I mean, Chris, Ray and Christian start having a match. The match is fine. It's a match. Man, I They're, wish I could have seen it. <laughs> I did see it, and I was like, "There is nothing of real any. There's nothing to truly remember about this match." I mean, it's a Ray match, so of course it's going to be good. It's good, but it's like, is it the kind of match I'm going to ever want to remember? No. Uh, uh, also, we're getting next week. We're going to be in Columbus. Oh shit! Yeah, man. they talk about that. Is the next episode of SmackDown is in Nationwide Arena? Didn't they said it was like a debut of some kind or something? Maybe. I don't I know how I how, how long has the fucking nationwide arena been that thing actually quick to wouldn't have been see. Smackdown's it, Columbus day. Nah, it might have been that might have been it that might because the uh, nationwide uh, uh, opened in 2000, but that might have been it. That might have been Smackdown's first Columbus show. WWE doesn't tour Columbus that often. Which is unfortunate. Like regu- they, regularly they, uh, and regularly uh, not. They, Columbus the, is kind of like the two best a, states in the world. Columbus and Michigan, or Ohio and Michigan. Yes, the state of Columbus. Uh, the yeah, two best course. states in the world, Ohio uh, Ohio and, and Michigan, get, get so neglected by... Except, I will say, except GCG. GCG, GCG fucking loves Detroit at the very least. Mm-hmm. Columbus, Columbus is kind of like a B minus market. Like, hey, you get the I Schwarzenegger classic every year at least. Hey, yeah. We do. Uh, so Eddie and that woman come out to sit on the on the top of the stage for the entirety of the match. And you would think that perhaps this would distract Rey Mysterio more often in the match. And they try to say so on commentary, but that isn't really what happens. So, so. Yeah, no, I, 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 
I was as soon as soon as Eddie and that woman came out, I'm like, oh, of course Ray's losing this. That's the whole point. It's the downfall of Ray Mysterio. The pride coming for the fall. But then, like, no, <laughs> because because like. Ray, like Ray's getting dicked on by by Christian, but then Ray regains control, but then he loses control again. Yet, but he at one point gets Christian set up for the six one nine, and he hits it, and one two three down, and Eddie Ray, Ray fucking snags it, and I have to say, it makes it even fucking. I, it's really funny to me that they're absolutely refusing to let Ray lose during this arc, just to like. Just, just for for more like heat from Eddie, just just to like have Eddie keep watching Ray win, either to him or some or someone else. Yeah. Uh, my only other real note is uh, is that I, Taz and Cole have a whole conversation about like the potential psychological impact this could all be having on Dominic, which is oh, that's nice of you to consider that angle. I know. Well, see, it is nice. That they considered it from that angle, but all I kind of got from that was like Cole basically saying that SmackDown is no place for family drama. Which uh, that's are you a sure lie. About that? That's that's a goddamn lie. I mean, I guess most of this tends to happen on Raw, so maybe saying specifically this shit tends to get concentrated into Raw. But either way, are you sure that broadly the WWE is not? run Smackdown. by the McMahons like, is not like, a place for would, family drama. I would like to point out that WWE did a match on pay-per-view where Vince wrestled his own daughter, Stephanie. And where do you think that feud happened on? You're correct. Smackdown. Smackdown. Stephanie ran Smackdown. Right. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Smackdown. Cole, what the fuck are you talking about? SmackDown yeah. is the is, is one of the places for family drama. Dipshit. Uh but yeah. yeah. Um, Which also, what a crazy thing to just put on pay-per-view. Might have to watch that sometime. Oh Christ. Is, hey, it's better than an incest been, baby. It's it's what I gotta keep telling myself. It's better than an incest true. baby. Yeah. Um uh, also shout out to Cole Lampshading how weird it is that this is basically just the revenge version of Weird Flex, but okay. Yeah, he Cole also thinks this is this whole thing is silly and insane, and it's like this is all because you're not wrong. Eddie is just really jealous about losing all the time, and it's like maybe he could just work on himself and not lose instead of trying to do it this way. No, no, why, why would he do that? His name is Eddie Guerrero. No, that's not that's not how that works, Austin. I don't think you've been paying yeah. attention. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Uh, so after Ray wins, he gets a microphone and demands that Eddie come down to the ring so they can start fighting tonight. And Eddie said he says he'd love to come down there and kick his ass, but he has manners, and he needs to. In- he wants to introduce this ve- a very good friend from the past, Anna. And Anna is going to help Eddie tell chapter two. And so Eddie, he hands her over the storybook and asks her to go take it to Ray so that Ray can see it all up close. 
and 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 she and, and, and she's walking into Ray. And while she's doing that, Eddie's like, "Now here's the thing, Ray. You can read it, or I'll read it." Which, like, while Eddie is delivering that line with with passion and and fire, that, that is truly something to behold. Uh, what exactly is the threat here? Either Ray can read it, or Eddie will read it. So either way, it's it's getting read. Eddie, I don't yeah, think you quite thought this threat through, buddy. Well, I mean, I guess you can see why, because Ray was not compelled to act by that, by the threat. Uh, yes, but Ray, Ray takes the book, he opens it up to where chapter two is, and he finds in it a blue piece of paper. And Ray is, like, stunned, apparently, to read this. So Eddie decides to go ahead and start and, you know, read chapter two. And where Eddie has served Ray custody papers. Man, I really want to know how Eddie would have narrated this at the beginning of this show. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Dominic. And his and real biological went... father was was fucking salty that he kept losing to his adopted father. And so he so went, he went and got custody papers. And right. here's what the custody papers said. And then he just reads off the entire legalese of the custody paper. Also, I want to point out that the paper that these custody papers were printed on were like stark fucking blue. Mm-hmm. Is is that is that common? Do legal papers tend to get served on like colored um, paper? Somehow I doubt it. I doubt it too, but it also makes me. Whose decision was it to like print it on on color? Like, what was the contract from earlier? The last of their white paper, and they're like, "Well, all we got is this blue." God shit. damn it! All we got is blue. Fine. We're I mean, it makes perfect blue. sense to me. But yeah. Eddie has been served custody papers, and excuse me, Ray has. And next week, Eddie. Uh, Ray must bring Dominic with him to the arena next week so that he can hand him over to Eddie because Eddie has been found in the court legally and biologically to be Dom's true father, which yeah. I don't think that needs to, I, I mean, yes, he is his father. That was all, that wasn't really I don't think it's necessarily how that works, Eddie. And quite frankly, I would like to, I would, I would really like to know what court gave Eddie custody of Ray's child that he has been raising for eight years with zero communication or discussion with Ray or Dominic. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing. Ray, like, well, because so Eddie finishes off his kind of end of the speech by saying, like, you know, bring Dominic and, you know, I'll give you a chance to prove that you really love him. And if you prove that to me, maybe I'll let you keep him. I press, I press X to doubt when he said press that. Press X to doubt, first of all. Uh, yeah, but then Ray picks up the mic and immediately makes the very prescient point that Eddie has uh, been an extremely absent father if he's trying to claim custody all of a fucking sudden. Yeah, I... My understanding, I, I, I am not a lawyer, as they say on the old Reddit arena, on the old social medias, but it's my understanding that, like, in a situation like this, they would consider, you know, the home situ home living situation of both parties, how Ray has been has taken care of Dominic so far. They would ask Dominic's opinion on the matter. And it's like I'm struggling to see how the courts would look at this situation 
where Ray and his wife have been taking care of Dominic for eight years and there has been no issues at all. And if you ask Dominic, he would almost certainly choose to stay with Ray and his wife. And whereas Eddie is a uh, single and uh, clearly erratic <laughs> right now. And I just yeah, don't really. understand how, I just don't understand how, what, what, how the court would argue like, Oh yeah. Get Dom, Eddie single father, Eddie Guerrero. He's going to get, legal custody of his child austin i need your help i i need i need help brainstorming because i as we were talking about this just now i've been i've been making jokes about this throughout our throughout this arc and in, in some areas throughout our podcast but as as you are well aware my significant other hates wrestling and 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 hates our podcast uh it's yep, uh, very much yeah, so. yes yes i find it i find it extremely amusing oh i i do too it's it's very funny how she she keeps up the bit but but here's the problem that i just realized because you, you know what what one of her areas of like kind of specialty is family law all right, so we need what, what we're gonna what, have. Yeah, we need to find if, a way to get her on this show before before this arc is time, over, Austin. That's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. Ne before we come back here next time, we gotta know her opinion on this case. <laughs> I will. I will ask her. I think. <laughs> I think. I I think if I bring it up to her. In in the right way, I can get her to answer. Now, mind you, the 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 answer will probably be bookended with, "This is stupid, and you're stupid." However, yeah, probably yes. I, I I think I have to get her opinion on this. Well, this is I I need I need to get like the real world perspective on how dumb this shit is. She'll be proud to know that I dare to be stupid. Hey is that Ray cuts honestly great promo, very heartfelt. Talking yeah, about Ray's everything that kind of just... dude doesn't get handed the mic enough, but he's good on mic. No, he doesn't. Basically, everything I just kind of said here is that you know, is that his wife Angie and he is he's raised they've raised Dominic for eight years. Dominic's first words were dad, and he was talking to Ray. How and symbolic. Ray, and Ray taught him to ride a bike and took him to the hospital and he broke his arm and took care of him and saw him cry. And and Ray explained that they were going to tell him about Eddie, but not until he was old enough to understand it. Yeah, so that so there we go. The whole thing, Ray was fucking going to tell Eddie. Mm -hmm. It just didn't, he just it was like, yeah, we're going to wait till, or was going to tell Dominic. They were just going to wait till he's older. So Ray wasn't even planning on fully lying to his goddamn kid. He was just going to no, wait till like, he was old enough to understand. Oh, this is fine. So like. We were playing this up like there's going to be some morally dubious shit on Ray's conscience. N no, there's no. nothing. There is nothing wrong with this. Oh, uh, the 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 only thing that's remotely quote unquote wrong with this is the awkwardness of the of the inevitable you're adopted discussion when when Dominic's a few years older. Yeah, 
But uh, Ray, Ray says because Eddie opened his big mouth and he's made his son feel six feet under the ground. What an interesting way to use that phrase. Quite yeah, the Undertaker's but son falls in this feud, but okay. He basically, but he basically says that Dominic is feeling real depressed and weird right now, and he hasn't talked to Ray in a week. And he, Ray is like, he, he gets down on, basically gets down on his knees, and he's like, he's begging Eddie to not hurt Dominic anymore. This isn't about them two anymore. It's about mm-hmm. Dominic, please. And Re- and Eddie looks affected by this, actually. He does initially look like he, he that Ray is getting through to him about this. Yeah, like, Eddie kind of has this look of, like, wait, fuck, maybe he actually for a does second, For that. a second. For a second. He, it, he, something, sanity broke through. And then, of course, yeah. as always, the lawyer showed up and ruined it. Hey, oh, fucking lawyers, man. Goddamn, they're the worst. Right. But Anna Anna whispers in his ear, and Eddie starts laughing. And he's like, you almost had me right there. You almost had me there. But you're no, not any better than I am. And this is when Eddie reveals that Anna, even though the, the, they have been framing it in such a way to make you think that Anna is the mamacita who yeah. is dom's biological mother but no anna is eddie's lawyer and yeah which uh man you know what i'll admit uh that was that was my internal misogyny showing through i was like this is clearly a a slut that eddie fucked once and you hey. know what i i'm i'm sorry women hashtag squad w true mm. and eddie and she's told him that this is all manipulation by Ray, and honestly, it's a it's kind of a pitiable situation that Eddie is so far gone that he can he can own this is this is my thought while watching this segment is like Eddie is so far gone that he doesn't he can only see things the way he would act. He can't imagine Ray being sincere. It has to be some sort of emotional manipulation because that's all Eddie knows at this point. You know, it's fucking wild because this. They, they they are clearly trying to take this arc seriously. Like it's easy to forget when we're when you and I are here for the memes. We we are mm-hmm. here for the memes. But like they were trying to take this arc seriously. But also like it, it, it it's two thousand five WWE. There's a certain like surface level to to this, but it. Because Eddie Guerrero is Eddie Guerrero as a performer and just takes everything up to a fucking 11, like, it, it, it kind of shoots the moon. It, 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 it starts out at a base level of, like, trying to take it seriously on, like, a surface level. And then it, like, as soon as it hits the ground running, it just gets goofy and hilarious. But, like, you think about it for more than 10 seconds, and it kind of shoots the moon fucking back to like really harrowing of like eddie guerrero has there's something so deeply wrong with him internally that after losing a few matches to his like kind of friend his supposed best friend that he would destroy his friend's life his friend's son's life slash his biological son's life and maybe even his own life, considering how the fuck Vicky reacted, and all all because of wrestling of a wrestling feud, and it's like this harrowing depiction of a of a man who's just 
so self-obsessed that he can't see a world past the cruelty that that he thinks he needs to inflict on others Mm -hmm. and it's like man if they really played into some of this shit you could get like one of the darkest looks at at like a wrestler's psyche in the entire wrestling history and even the latter match could be a commentary on like just how insane this whole thing is but nah we're just kind of kind of like play it straight and not like look too much into the subtext uh walkity walkity walk men will literally compete (laughs) for the custody of their child in a ladder match instead of of going to that but unironically that's what this whole fucking arc is eddie i am begging you go to therapy Right. Do some so guided Eddie, meditations or something. Jesus. Yeah. But Eddie's like, if I lied to my son all his life, would he trust me? I wouldn't. And Eddie is like, brings up that he has three girls that he tells the truth to all the time because God knows I never lie. But even that's bullshit because clearly, like, well, actually, I don't know. Did Ficky know about the. They were kind of unclear as to whether Vicky knew about the Dominic thing. It doesn't I seem think. like Vic. I didn't. I didn't read it as Vicky knew about the lie. She just knew that knew that like whatever this was was going to hurt Eddie Ray, and that's not okay. Yeah. So like clearly that's bullshit because Eddie's just as much in on this lie with his own family because he hasn't clearly told them jack shit. Ah, uh, but you see, Eddie doesn't lie, so God clearly knows. he could not have been lying to his family, so that that's that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But Dom is the son Eddie has always yeah, wanted. Yeah, he, he never used to say, fuck my daughters, I always wanted a son. And he will carry the Guerrero legacy. Which I and... feel so fucking vindicated, because that means my theory from, like, kind of that that was formulated early on from like the first video we got of that time eddie fucking b and e dom's daycare like all this is that eddie just wants a goddamn like wrestling protege (laughs) that's what this shit boils down to and next week we'll be getting chapter three dom comes Comes home home to his poppy Oh, shit, buddy. Oh, my God. It just keeps getting more and more insane. I know exactly where this shit's going, but seeing it play out in real time rules so hard because it is so unhinged. Yep. Uh, As usual, Eddie and Ray is the highlight of these episodes. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's it's ready. It's, it's Eddie Guerrero and Ray Mysterio. They're going to be the best part of anything they do ever. Mm-hmm. The real shocking part is how little of substance everything else was. Oh my god. Filler, 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 filler. Yeah. So, um, not a great week necessarily. No, not really. You know, chapter two, I think, delivered. At least that delivered. Oh, that was pure magic. Next time we were here, of course we're gonna what? We're gonna have to see chapter three. I'm so excited for chapter three. I, you know, Austin, I, I am a man who doesn't who doesn't read often, uh, nearly as often as I should. And 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 I, I, I will admit, because because of that, I, I sometimes can take 
this whole chapter thing for granted. I, 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 I sit there and I kind of turn. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a new chapter. That's nice. But this this arc has shown me clearly how I should react every time I flip to a new chapter, which is chapter three. Whoa! That that's, yeah. that's this arc Austin is making is 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 teaching me literacy is is, is um, what I is what I'm getting. It's very educational. Yeah, <laughs> all right. What am I saying? Jesus that Christ. is and at that we're gonna end this episode today. Absolutely. But next time, oh, God. next time. Um next next time on the noobs and knockouts podcast. Uh yet I, I decided to just kind of you know, there are episodes in wrestling that are like iconic in and of themselves. But the stories around them are not necessarily so good that I could make an entire arc about them. Plus, you know, there's only so much time to do. It, it would take forever for me to hit all the important episodes. Oh, absolutely. Five-episode arc on the show. So next week is one of those where, like, I couldn't I, – I don't think I could put together, like, a, an arc to hit it. But it's one of the most historic episodes of wrestling. And I, want, and I just felt like, let's do it. Next time on the new on the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, we will be covering um, the I I am immediately blanking on the date. Wow! Incredible! Incredible! You're ruining the end of the episode. I am, but we will be watching the famous the last the last episode of Raw before WrestleMania 17 in 2001. Most remembered for the fact that it is the episode where Vince McMahon announces to the world that WCW's fate is now in his hands. <gasps> oh, shit. The death. The death knells. Dearly beloved. Oh, and we'll save that for next time. Hell yeah. But that, so it is the episode where Vince announces he has bought WCW. That's, Oh my god, no fucking way, dude. Right. That that is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Hell yeah, brother. Alright, dear friends. Thanks once again for tuning in to yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so happy to have you here. Returning listeners, viewers, what have you. Hey, how's it going? You know the drill. Thanks again for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever it is you use to consume our content. You know where to find us. Just just keep coming back. We, we love you guys. Come on. New people, what's up? Hey, it's great to have you here. If you're brand new, welcome. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you're brand new to the wild, wacky world of wrestling or you're a veteran of all this weird bullshit, Either way, we hope you've had a great time, and we hope it feels accessible to you. We hope you want to keep coming back and having a great time with us week after week after week. If you would like to keep having a great time with us, and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Give us that sweet, sweet engagement. And check out all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough 
to organize all the arcs and shit that we follow into their own separate playlists. So if you want to follow something all the way down without doing a whole lot of skipping, that's an option. Ain't that nifty. And you can see our beautiful faces, our, our sexy, sexy costumes that we sometimes wear, uh, all the little visual gags we hide in there. Yeah, it's this, is, this is one of those heck of an episodes to be watching the uh, video version, I'll tell you that. Hey, I, I I like my Stitch makeup. I think it's cute, all right? Mm-hmm. But get, don't, don't at me. Um, but anyway, um, so... Yeah, YouTube, do it. But if you're if you're the type of person who likes focusing the experience solely on your ears, we understand. We have you covered there too, because Noobs and Knockouts podcast can be found on three of the best places to find your podcast, which would be Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come check us out there. Download us, give us ratings, reviews, all that good stuff. It's greatly appreciated. It helps out the show, tells people and tells the algorithm, hey, these guys are pretty cool, and maybe you should check them out more. I don't know. I'm just saying. So yeah. Noobs and Knockouts, YouTube, Spotify, Google, and, uh, and Apple Podcasts. Hit us up there. But, of course, if you want to get in contact with us, we got some social media options, too. That's pretty fucking nifty. So, first of all, Noobs and Knockouts is on YouTube. Or is on Twitter. Fuck. Uh, on Twitter, you can find us at Noobs and Knocks Pod on Twitter. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Knocks Pod on Twitter. Come check us out there. We we have a great time over on the Twitter. We post memes. We engage in discourse. We we drop notifications every single time we put out a brand new episode, so you guys know what the hell's going on. Uh, we we uh, also have, at least in theory, weekly wrestling live tweeting on our show. Uh, we're 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 kind of we're kind of figuring that shit out. Uh, Austin has uh, kind of taken a break from his weekly wrestling watching. Uh, and I am currently in rehearsals for a musical. I try to, at the very least, live tweet SmackDown because I don't tend to have rehearsals on on Fridays. But even then, it's kind of hit or miss at times. But uh, we we try yeah, we we try to engage when we can, and you know check it out when you can. Mm-hmm. But at the very very least, our boy Austin is kind enough to live tweet all of the pay per views that happen, or almost yes. all the pay per views that happen. So my friend, what is on the docket coming up? Yeah, they keep putting pay-per-views on Saturdays these days, and in fall, that's not a good day for me. But, uh, sorry, I, ha- I care more about college football than pro wrestling pay-per-views, I'm afraid. But, upcoming at least, to, to let the people know what's going on, is w- for WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling, I keep, tr- I keep a follow on those. Uh, upcoming for WWE, uh, Oof and Owie and Yikes, uh, the next... WWE show is Crown Jewel on Saturday, November the 5th. Um, that is one of WWE's an- biannual shows to Saudi Arabia as paid for by the Saudi Crown Prince. So I have, if, if you're watching, uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, you should check out, you should pop up for the YouTube VOD for just this particular lower third i have on on Uh, right now but (laughs) fuck fuck these shows i am morally opposed to them so hard dude you know in in terms of a line in the sand of where i will i will not support immorality in wrestling right about here yeah seriously Uh, so like roman reigns not that wrestling outside of saudi arabia is a completely moral business however like i said there's a line in the sand here Saudi's just over it. Uh, But Roman Reigns is facing Logan Paul, if that interests you at all, for the the Uwu title. I I still hope so bad Logan Paul gets the Uwu championship for the memes, dude. That would be so fucking stupid. So, 
next I'll talk next pay-per-view after that will be Survivor Series of War Games. So that's gonna be pretty sick, but that's for later in November. We'll get to it when we get to it. Then for AEW, their next pay-per-view is not until November 19th with full gear. Obviously, they don't have any matches yet. Sorry, not sorry. Okay, <laughs> we'll get to them. Whoops. And for Impact Wrestling, their next pay-per-view is hard to kill in January. Sorry, so, their top no, star, Bobby Fish. Of course. So obviously, there are no matches. To There's no matches here. So we'll, we'll, when there are more matches to talk about, we'll talk about more matches. How about that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, so be sure to check all of that shit out. Uh, it's a, it's a great time, uh, over on the Twitter, uh, Austin and I, we, we have fun. If you for any reason enjoy listening to us ramble about wrestling over here, uh, our voices carry over pretty well. Austin's all brilliant and I'm all Mimi, you know, you, you know, you know how it is. Uh, so check us out at the Twitter at noobs and Noxpod. It's a great time. Of course, if you want to get in super direct contact with us, we have an email address too. You can email us at noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like, things you want to see more of, less of, any kind of request you have for wrestling arcs, companies, uh, eras, ed- adjacent media, anything like that. We'd we'd love to hear it. Tell us how based and red-pilled our hot takes are, how fucking dumb you think they are. Start discourse or just come say hi. We love people saying hi. We would love to say hi back. News and knockouts pod at gmail. Dot com and of course finally you can find us on patreon we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon you can find the link for that in our twitter that's why i told it to you earlier and that and that nifty uh uh one dollar a month on our patreon gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode shout out to a friend of the show sugar daddy kyle smith for his support of the show we appreciate you so much buddy we hope you enjoy those perks if you want to enjoy your perks along with kyle Come check us out, Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on Patreon. Link in the Twitter. Uh, See you all next time. So long. Hey.